You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in. With me today are Jera. Hello. Aliza. Hey, hey. And Sarah. Hi. And before we get into our main topic, we have just a little bit of housekeeping to do first. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month, and you get awesome rewards like thanks on social media, silly watch-along commentaries, even customized loot boxes at some of the higher tiers. Visit patreon.com slash women at warp for more information. Thanks to our patrons for picking all of our episode topics this month. As this was a three episode month for us, this is our final patron selected topic. And uh, this one we asked people to pick from themes. And I will let Grace introduce the theme we chose in just a minute. But first, just want to let you know you can also visit our T Public store and find Women at Warp merchandise along with other non-podcast-specific Trek designs. That's at tpublic.com slash stores slash Women at Warp. And finally, we have another patron-related message, which is a birthday shout-out to our awesome patron, Eve. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! May you have new evolution during this year's revolution. Yes. That didn't work at all, (laughs) did it? Pretty good. Aw, damn, I tried. Eve, may you leave the past behind and look forward to the future. (laughs) May this year be even better. (laughs) I like that one. It's New Eve's year. Yay! (laughs) We did it, gang. I I hope that you like puns because that's what we got you. Yes. So um, thanks for all your support and have an amazing next year. And we will hopefully... See you again for birthday 2022. So for our main topic today, it's a little bit of a heady one. So please beware of any warnings we may have at the beginning of the episode. Our topic today is consent in the holodeck, which is one that's been brought up by listeners many times. We've touched on it in a few previous episodes, but we honestly thought this was one worth devoting an entire episode to. Consent issues we've raised mostly have to do with the ethics of using someone else's image for sexual purposes with or without their permission. But we, before we get into that, let's talk about the purpose of the holodeck that we see versus the discussion in the fandom. Yeah, so mostly what I, I was, you know, n- trying to note here is let's talk about the, the whole kind of, I wouldn't even say it's a veiled discussion in the fandom of, about how if there was holodecks, most people... People who experience sexual desire would just be using them to have sex. I believe that Sarah called this the why we can't have holodex dilemma. (laughs) That sounds about right. I just want to give credit to my friend Nate for like telling me that, yeah, if we ever get holodex for the first 20 years, all anyone will do is have sex in them. (laughs) I mean, look at what happened with Second Life. That happened so quick. That entire phenomena was over and done with so quick and like... It was like Dark Ages, Dark Ages, Dark Ages, tons of people having sex on the internet and done. What, can you explain what Second Life is? I don't know what that is. Second Life, it was kind of like an online life simulation thing where you could like go to events, you could go to mixers and stuff with a little avatar of yourself and interact with strangers in real time. And a lot of people were using that for sex stuff. Okay, interesting. I literally have never heard of this. Oh my gosh. Like I said, it was it was over and done with so quickly. But there was a point where they were like, no, this is going to be the new way that people have sexual relationships. And it's like, no, mm. it, it's just another thing on the internet. Interesting. And it's still out there. So you can explore it as this weird shrine to cyber sex and all of the people who tried to convince themselves that it would be anything else. Well, I remember like there was a lot of buzz around it at one point. All of these brands were like going in and buying stores that people could shop in in Second Life. But yeah, and I mean, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about other technologies like between now and Holodex and what that 
presages for for um the future but yeah and i mean a patron also mentioned uh the like lower decks episode where they have to clean out the holodeck and how gross it is yeah and don't uh don't they in trekkies during the ending they have just a segment of dude comedians talking about star trek and there's multiple jokes about how oh everyone's just having sex on the holodeck yep (laughs) but i think it raises interesting questions about you know if this is a technology that is, I mean, presumably widely available by the time we get to Deep Space Nine. But, you know, most of the time we're immersing it on Star Trek, it's in like Federation starships. So do you think like there would be controls or should there be controls on what people are using it for in general? I mean, if I'm like going there for my adult education classes, like after dinner or something, I would definitely feel weird, you know, practicing Spanish in a room where I know people have just been doing the nasty in all manner of creative ways. That would be a little distracting for me, personally. We also know that the Federation, in general, is not great at confidentiality. Like, no. medical confidentiality is just con- constantly been being breached. So the idea that, like, you know, Starfleet would know what hall of programs you're running and that, like, no one would ever find out, to me, is is not believable. Yeah, they're probably they probably haven't figured out how to do incognito mode on the holodeck or in holo suites. <laughs> Doesn't exist. Yeah. So so you're basically saying people aren't having sex on the Enterprise holodeck because they have no expectation of privacy. Oh no, they 100 percent are. <laughs> or they're doing it in a very creative way, like when you're t- like 12 year olds trying to look up dirty pictures, but without it being Im- like phrasing that <laughs> their parents will recognize in the search history. Well, like one of the earlier examples that we see in TNG is that occurs to me is like the Jordi Leah Brahms situation, which doesn't start out as a program for him to practice his moves. It gets there, though. It gets there. Mm-hmm. So there's you just know there was someone who's like, huh, I want to debate quantum mechanics with Einstein. And then they're like, Albert, you get me. Mm-hmm catching feelings for albert einstein who by the way is adorable i mean he is an adorable (laughs) man i get it yeah yeah i i think so going back to the the question about generally should should activity be limited on a holodeck here's the thing there's multiple holodecks on the enterprise so i mean if i think on a healthy ship you would not limit people's use like, and bar sexual activity from a holiday? Because I feel like if you're out in space and you're single or your partner is not on the ship or you're just single and don't, you know, don't want to date or whatever, it could be a very healthy way to, like, release some sexual energy. But I agree Mm -hmm. that, yeah, like, the, like, cleanliness and hygiene is very important. So I would want to know that, like, number one, let there be, like, a holiday that's dedicated to the horny people. (laughs) This is the designated masturbation holodeck. The Hornobot 1.0. <laughs> the Hornodeck. <laughs> so let the Hornodeck be its own dedicated space and get it. God damn, please get it cleaned. Holodeck 4, the one you don't take your kids to. After every use, clean holodeck 4, for God's sake. That's all I ask. If I was a captain, that's what I would do on my ship. I'd be like, y'all, sometimes we're horny. Go to holodeck 4. But hit the self-cleaning and disinfecting button after you're done. If you thought being an exocomp was bleak, just imagine being the Roomba in the holodeck. <laughs> so holodeck four is like a love hotel in Tokyo. Yeah. I right? mean, I, I don't I don't think we should like make it like an ew gross thing. I think we should just mm-hmm. let it be what it is. Cause I yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this topic is because I'm a single person and I'm not actively dating right now. And fantasy is a big part of my sexual life right now. Mm-hmm. And if I had a holodeck, I would be fucking on there. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Who among us can honestly say we wouldn't explore that option? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I basically do that in my brain already. <laughs> so I, I think it's, it's a potentially really awesome resource for people. But I agree that there should be some like... Some, you know, ways to have it be good for everyone and not, yeah. you know, I, to me, the most the thing is like the cleanliness thing. That's that's the biggest thing for me. In order for it to be good for everyone, it needs to be safely regulated. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, or, like, at least be able to ensure that there's some, like, common cultural norms that you can kind of expect other people to uphold. But, yeah, I mean, and also, I think, you know, looking at things that that you do encounter in the real world, especially, like, since COVID, where you're like, hmm, Mm -hmm. now I also have to screen for, like, in addition to STIs and stuff, like, do are you an (laughs) anti-vaxxer? And other Mm -hmm. things like that. Like, yeah, hollow dick is looking appealing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Should we look at some specific examples from Star Trek and then maybe talk more about some of the general or, like, the principles about, like, consent and use of images and stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, should we start with the Leah Brahms situation? So I feel like one of the things this, this speaks to, as well as the other, I think, clear TNG example, which is the Barclay fantasy hologram with his co-workers is this idea that uh, does the federation computer have like detailed images of all its crew members <laughs> that it is basically providing to anyone barkley just running around real discreet with like a hollow camera because then i think it's a little on them for not noticing Or is it like a deep fake where you're just pasting like Troy's head over like generic woman body number four? Uh, deep fakes are so creepy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And does it matter, I guess, is another question. Like, I think certainly, like, I would hope that, you know, if you were like the preeminent starship engineer and you end up being like the Leah Brahms of your generation, that like, you aren't required to just hand over your like, image for anyone on any federation starship to use however they want yeah yeah i think that's the question right it's like however they want that's the key phrase there for me as an actor knowing that my image is out there and i don't know who's you know looking at my pictures funny or whatever but i also don't have control over that like i have control Mm -hmm. over what images of me are out there as far as i can control that But beyond that, like what thoughts people are having, what actions people are doing around them, that's not in my control. So I don't Mm -hmm. lose sleep over that for the most part. Now, if someone tries to like tell me, like a stranger on the internet tries to tell me stuff like that, I'm like, nope, no, 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 no. that's you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't tell me because then now that is a violation. It's like you have your fantasy life and keep it that way. Fantasy. The minute you involve me in it, that makes it real. And now it's not okay because you've like started engaging me in that relationship. And that's not cool. Like, so I have boundaries for that. But I also think in the case of someone like Leah Brahms, like, yeah, she, if she was like, yes, I am a preeminent scientist in my generation and I have knowledge about this scientific thing. Yes. Have a holodeck program where I'm teaching someone or able to like, help someone work through some scientific questions. Like, I could see her consenting to that. Mm-hmm. But then, from what I remember, the way that episode is shot, obviously it's actually the actress doing it, not a hologram. So she actually is programmed enough to have those conversations with Jordy that go outside the, like, scientific conversations. I think in real life, you would just basically have the program not engage after a certain point. And mm-hmm. say, like, if those questions start getting weirdly personal or like start pointing away from that core scientific purpose, then the program says, I'm sorry, I can't have that discussion with you. Literally just like have the pro- program shut it down. You would just yeah. turn into James Cromwell and iRobot going, that question does not yeah. does not enter into my parameters. Yeah, like does not compute, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like beep. Would you like to transfer your this program to Holodeck 4? There you go. I love it. Suggest <laughs> And replace 4. characters with, you know, X characters that yeah. are, you know, people that have agreed to have their likeness used in that way. Yeah, I absolutely think that that would be a perfect way to deal with it. Because you absolutely know there would be people who would consent to their likeness being used in that way. Because Of course, yeah. 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 Because... That's how it goes. Yeah. Yep. Some people enjoy being seen in a sexual light, and that doesn't mean that they don't deserve the right to control how that is used, though. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking specifically, I was reading up on the Emily Radzikowski thing with this. For if you don't know, she is a model who was involved in multiple lawsuits about her likeness, where, for one, she has seen some stuff. For one thing, 
She was in the Blurred Lines video, so she got oh, to right, instantly right. have her likeness associated with that. Mm-hmm. She then had, as a prominent Instagrammer, a bunch of her pictures taken and put used for like a high art exhibit thing, which were then sold for like millions and millions of dollars. And then she's like, oh, cool, can I get a print? And they're like, it'll cost you $5 million. And she's like, for a picture I took of myself? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. weird. This is the part that really fascinates me. She got into a lawsuit over... Her posting a picture that a paparazzi had taken of her actively trying to avoid being photographed and posted on her Instagram just being like, yep, this is what my life is like. And then that photographer tried to sue her for using what he said was his property, which was the photo of her. Mm -hmm. So she has some very interesting things to say about that if you want to look into essays she wrote about it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it speaks to another thing that's kind of interesting and challenging about this conversation is that. A lot of the ways that we think about our rights to our images are just, like, very tied up in capitalism. Yeah. And, you know, so, for instance, people who, you know, if you were looking for, like, grounds to sue someone over using your likeness, usually you'd have to prove they were profiting off of it or, like, that, you you know, your image is your brand. Like, there's, like, certain other, you know, uh, but then again, you know, we we don't wouldn't want to get in a situation where... I don't think any of us would be like, yes, you should definitely be able to sue like that fan artist who drew a picture of Bashir and Garrett kissing because you don't like how they're using your likeness because we feel some ownership over them as characters as well as like, even though we know that there's actors underneath. So yeah, so there is that that kind of dynamic to it as well as is like, what is what do these rights look like in a post capitalist society? But I guess maybe, like, it goes more to ethics and, like, how about, like, more, like, treating people how you'd want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And if you have the ability to, like, you know, the Leah Brahms example that we're saying, you know, basically say, like, here's what I'm cool with this being used for and here's what I'm cool with it not being used for and for other people to be, like, kind of seeking out affirmative consent a bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, that affirmative consent, as we progress through technology and the, ho- the way hologram technology has come along in recent years has been fascinating and horrifying. And a while back, there was a lot of debacle about talking about having hologram Whitney Houston go on tour <laughs> and the ethics, the ethical consideration behind that. Because for one thing, you are putting a woman who is literally dead on display and having her perform for people's entertainment. She is not in a position where she can say no to that, but she's also not in a position where she can say yes to that. And while there are people who want to profit off of her image, you have to ask, where's the line drawn between someone's sense of self as property of someone else? I don't know too much about this, but I do know that we are at a point where Actors and celebrities specifically, they are having like full VR scans of their bodies Mm -hmm, made. mm -hmm, Right. And before it was the studios who would do it. And that's why like in 30 Rock, like five, seven years ago, there was that whole episode of Jerry Seinfeld popping up in every show on NBC because they owned his image. And they yeah. could do that. They had enough data to do that. And then he's like, I never consented to this. And they're like, actually, you did by working with us. But now, now that, that that technology of the VR technology is becoming more prevalent and we are more aware of the possibilities of that technology, a lot of celebrities I've heard are, or some I should say, are getting these VR scans of themselves done and then they own that scan. So they can hmm. then sell it or license it to studios or other creators with parameters in place, with contracts in place. Rather than having a studio take that VR impression, like say if I were to get cast in a Marvel movie, they might take a VR impression of me and then they would own that impression. Not great for me, unless I really can like have a good contract in place that limits how much they can use it or say, hey, if you want to use it for the second and third movie, I get more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Crispin Glover factor. Yeah. Whether you get to say no. Right, right. I'm So what I'm saying is like Whitney Houston didn't live in a time period where that existed, where those things were in place. So that is to me kind of like ethically very gray. <laughs> yeah. Because um, like you said, she's not here to say yes or no. But yeah. if, if a, a living celebrity had that VR thing 
in place and put it in their will. I'm feel I feel like we're not far from that being a reality where where celebrities will start putting that kind of thing in their will. Like once uh-huh. I pass away, you can use my VR likeness for PSAs on going out and boating, but not for <laughs> yep. cigarette commercials. Like. Boat mm-hmm. safety PSAs specifically, and that's it. You could literally delineate how people could use your likeness after you pass, if if at yeah. all. You can also probably yeah. say, nope, don't do it. So, yeah. Yeah, but in hindsight, even if she was one of the most photographed women of her time, there's no way Marilyn Monroe could have known, yes, a company would own the rights to how I look in the future mm-hmm. for merchandising purposes. Yeah. Conversely, though, there is also the issue of Like, once a person's been dead for a really long time, does it become okay again? Like, you know, we have in in terms of like copyright, we obviously have a period of time, although in my opinion, it's too long before works go into the public domain. Speaking of Marvel slash Disney. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm, but like, you know, data creating a hologram of Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. does is there a point at which it's like okay well we're like 300 years in the future now so like obviously no one's being hurt by this stephen hawking is now public domain you know weirdly oh my god my brain just went to such a weird place with this because take us there take <laughs> us there because <laughs> stephen hawking okay 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 come with me for a second come on this okay. wild brain ride okay Stephen Hawking obviously was alive to consent to uh, TNG doing that with his likeness, right? Well, yeah, he was in it. Right, right. As an actor, oh, yeah. sorry. I'm thinking yes. in the super like weird meta, yeah. uh, like sub meta way. Stephen Hawking okay. was alive to consent to it, right? So, yes. God, can you just imagine like what the world would be like now <laughs> if like Jesus could have done that? <laughs> oh my God. This is where my brain went. Like, what if we knew what Jesus looked like? Just hands down, no question. We have the VR imprint of Jesus. <laughs> what a friend we have in VR Jesus. <laughs> like, I mean, first of all, it would be bad because people could then make Jesus say and do things that yeah. are complicated. Yeah. People do that now, yeah. People do that now, <laughs> right. It's already being done. But on the other hand, there's a lot of questions about like what he looked like. There's a lot of racist people who hate Middle Eastern people but love Jesus and like my bra, yeah. like... You're dumb. I mean, we knew you're dumb, but you're real dumb. Extra dumb for the racism. So I don't know. Just like my brain went to a weird place of like, I, I, don't, I, I think it could be a good thing to preserve likenesses of people who had a big impact on the world mm-hmm. because, because people's legacies sometimes get muddied and shifted and misused and misappropriated. So to me, there's something comforting about being able to preserve someone's legacy so that it's like, you can't, you can't make shit up about this person because we actually have a lot of data on them. You can't use them for your own agenda because we actually have data on who they were and what, what they were like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why. My, that's where my brain goes when I think about this thing for posterity's sake. And going back to the public domain question, yeah, I mean, that's, to me, that goes back to also estate planning and your will. Yeah. like. Like if Picard, I guess if Patrick Stewart had his VR likeness written into his will and he was like, yes, you can do Star Trek 9 or what is it? 10, whatever. Do like five more Star Trek movies and that's it. Then I'm done. Oh, you (laughs) just know Tom Cruise wants to be VR scanned to keep making mediocre action movies for the rest of time. (laughs) But personally, I wouldn't necessarily have like a values based objection to like, you know, say that those you can't maintain those provisions longer than like, you know, 200 years seems to me like a (laughs) really long time after you die. Like, if Mm. anyone's boning the Leonardo da Vinci hologram, I don't have any (laughs) ethical issues with that. (laughs) I I feel like we would need to have an active estate of Leonardo da Vinci working to protect that. And if that wasn't a Mm. thing, then it's kind of free range. That said, before I forget it, I'm just very, very, very certain that VR Jesus would be able to run flipmoneylendertable.exe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He could also do like walkonwater.exe. <laughs> Aliza, I just want you to know that animatronic Abraham Lincoln at Disneyland agrees with you. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I mean, they're also, if you're looking at, at like image as a form of like intellectual property or like copyrightable property that 
Another exception that at least American law makes is for satire or education. So that would mean that technically someone could, you know, you know, that you could make something using the Federation president's likeness, even potentially in an offensive way if the intention was satirical and it was understood to be satirical. So I guess, like, you know, that would be another potential wrinkle in things is like, does, you know, should these, should people be always viewed as individuals first? Or are there, is there like a necessary, you know, nuance to be added based on like the importance of of kind of freedom of the press to criticize people in, in powerful positions? Or freedom of the public, I guess, in that this case, that wouldn't be necessarily the press. I am 100% sure there are people all over the Federation who are learning poker from Holographic Riker. And I am also 100% sure he does not mind at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining Vegas video poker, but with Riker instead of the busty <laughs> yes. ladies in tuxedo jackets. Someone needs to make that happen. <laughs> I love it. Well, with, like speaking of the educational purposes, I'm thinking now specifically of Hologram Janeway in Prodigy because... Totally seems like a thing she would do to be like, yeah, use my likeness as an educational tool. But one of my favorite things that people just decided was a thing that happened was they were like, oh, no, you know that that was in Janeway's hologram contract that she would always be drinking coffee. That's just a a Janeway standard there. It ain't Janeway unless she's drinking coffee. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But I also choose to believe that she definitely said, okay. We're making hologram Janeway happen. But here are seven words hologram Janeway is not allowed to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Specifically in front of cadets and such. Mm-hmm. Mm, good point. Yeah. Yeah. So boundaries. I, I think boundaries yeah. is the key to all this. I think another one that kind of straddles some of the questions that we've talked about so far is in Author Author, where the doctor makes his hollow novel and casts all his fellow crew members as villains. Yeah. And they find out and they're really upset. Because this is this is one where we're not talking about, you know, a, a, like a, a sexual consent. This is just likeness rights in general. It, it's more about like a, it's like betrayal of friendship is the issue here. We're not talking about like necessarily like a legal issue unless the, the people have the rights to their images and potentially their privacy is being violated because you know, someone could undress their holograms or something and you'd know exactly where that mole on Paris's left forearm is or whatever. Well, the doctor would know that, wouldn't he? Damn. This is just a medical scan, I swear. But that is the an example of the doctor, like, making political speech, although I think debatable whether the crew of the Voyager, like, qualifies as, like, important public figures. If you are an emergency medical hologram, do you have to sign an NDA or, like, the special OSHA regulations that you will not share the medical information of someone? That's a really good question. I mean, yeah. I think as we discussed on Starfleet, they have no medical privacy, but they really need to. <laughs> mm-hmm. No HIPAA. <laughs> but I think like that would be a good example of if you joined Starfleet, I think Starfleet could reasonably require you to make your holographic image data use accessible for medical purposes. God, does Starfleet own your likeness rights? Like if you join Starfleet, are you do you have any control whether they use you in like the promotional materials, whether your face is on the billboards for Starfleet or anything? I'm guessing they do have the rights because it, <laughs> how do I say this? Every every like predominantly white institution I've been to, which I guess is two high school and college, I've been all over their freaking materials and <laughs> yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of situation I was thinking of, yeah. So yes, I, I imagine Starfleet would be the same. And that includes with holo- holographic likenesses too. Yeah, but it would be cool if you could like set some boundaries again on, on you know, I really would rather that coworkers not know exactly what I look like naked. Right. Unless right. it's like the doctor or someone else who has like a need actually needs to know what I look like naked. Right. Which very small parameters where that would be needed, mm-hmm. I'd assume. And so, yes, wrapping this back around to the holodeck and consent and sexual consent specifically, mm-hmm. can we talk about Tuvok and his wife, that situation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that was a situation where he, you know, he goes through Bonfar and we know, like, 
medically, kind sex, sexually and medically, he needs some support <laughs> to get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the program, you know, I actually like coming off of this part of the conversation about Starfleet owning Starfleet officers likenesses. I never thought about whether the program was something that Starfleet commissioned for him or like where did the program itself come from? Was that did he bring it on a, like a little thumb drive and say, hey, <laughs> I, I just got like assigned to this ship. Here's my wife on a thumb drive uh, in seven years. We're going to need this. Hang on to this for me. Like, or did Starfleet, you know what I mean? It would have been even trickier when he was with the Maquis. Just like, hey, um, right, I don't true. know how we're, how long I'm going to be on this ship for, but here's a scan of my wife. Yeah, just hold on to that for me. Be cool with it, okay? Nobody else use it. Password protected. So, yeah, I, I, um, I want to point to the listener comment on this because there were some really interesting conversations that can be had based on what some of our listeners has have told us their thoughts on this well the the original question that that was posed to um us on it was like our second mailbag episode so i i admit i don't even remember exactly how our conversation went on it but the question was about basically would it be creepier for tuvok to have hollow sex with a like a fake version of a real person versus just having a physical relationship that serves only that purpose with no commitment attached but like with a real person on voyager and like I said, I, d- I don't exactly uh, remember how we replied. I think we talked a little bit about the the potential issues about, you know, how long does consent last if you do consent for your image to be used in that way on the holodeck and things like that. But then uh, Lady Bridget uh, had a, a very thorough follow-up question, which I think raised some additional interesting questions. Right. So here's what Lady Bridget said. Let's look at this from another perspective. If I were Tuvok's wife, I would much rather he use an image of me to have sex with on the holodeck than have sex with a real person on the ship. Holodeck sex with an image of me would not feel like cheating to me, but having sex with another real person on the ship would definitely feel like cheating, because no matter how much you think or say no strings attached, there always are. There would always be that between them, and it might lead to a deeper relationship, and that would not be kosher for a married man and would be especially harmful to Tuvok, given his character, in my opinion. Yeah. So I agree with Lady Bridget. I think, and it, of course it depends on your relationship, you know, whoever, who, it depends on Tuvok's and his wife's relationship, but if this were any other couple in this situation, it would depend on their preferences. I personally would also feel like, Hey, yeah, take my VR version and you're going to be gone for years. I'm going to miss you. You're going to miss me. Have sex with my hologram. (laughs) You'd want to believe that they've got healthy communications and healthy views of each other's sexuality. But you also got to wonder how often are you cool with me having sex with a hologram version of you comes up in standard conversation. (laughs) Right. I mean, how do you broach that topic? Yeah. I mean, this is the future. And holodecks are a regular part of life. So I would imagine it comes up more often than that conversation would come up now. But we are, think about, you know, if you were married to someone who is in the military and they're going to be gone for months and months and months at a time. Hey, babe, here's some pictures of me. Keep them, keep them locked in your bunk. Literally, yeah. Like this is, we already do have a real life version of this. Yeah. So it's not hard to, for me to make the leap to say, like, if you could just make that 3D. I mean, yeah. And while you're at it, make me, like, half a foot taller. <laughs> <laughs> Delete the wife. <laughs> Clear up my skin while you're at it. That's another thing. It's like, uh-oh, what if then the holodeck program, like, starts getting edited? And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> it is absolutely hologram you. I just may have given you Jennifer Aniston's head. Yeah, like, that's that's another interpersonal thing for the, the couple to work out. But there's a lot of ways for it to get awkward. Yeah. But, but I also do agree. I mean, again, this comes from my own subjective experience. But I, I do sort of agree with Lady Bridget in saying that the no whole no strings attached thing can easily get really messy and difficult. Mm-hmm. And you're on a ship and you have like other crew members who you have to work with. Like it's a workplace. So the no strings attached thing to me would get messy. But again, it depends yeah. on the relationship and it depends on what the partners can agree to and feel comfortable with. What yeah. do you all think about this? Yeah, I agree. I think that for me, the the Tuvok and, and hologram of Tuvok's wife example is 
not quite as thorny as some of the ones where the people are, you know, kind of experimenting with dating with people they know, but they haven't told they're interested in. And I mean, I I do get, you know, I I think personally, I've gone back and forth on this quite a bit, because I do get the the arguments about, you know, ultimately, it's not that different from imagining something in your head, and you can't, you know, legislate what's in someone's head. There's also the argument to be made about creativity. And like, you know, if you drew this thing or sculpted a hyper-realistic sculpture of someone, then that you own that. That isn't their right just because it's a likeness of them. Well, now I'm just remembering that sculptor who did the really creepy hyper-realistic sculptures of like Britney Spears when she was pregnant and stuff. And was Mm. like, no, she belongs to the ages now. And people are like, ah! I mean, it doesn't mean you, that people don't have the right to judge you. I think yeah. on all of this, like a lot of the stuff we're talking about today, I think that if people like walk in on your hollow fantasy of the goddess of empathy and the three musketeers and stuff, your coworkers are going to judge you. And that's fair. Like, but it's a question of like, to what degree is this ethical or a violation or, or a form of assault? And I think that, that it lands in different places depending on the exact situation. And in many situations, it might be creepy and it might be weird. But is like the question is, is it more just like something that should have stayed private and wasn't harming anyone? Or is it actively harmful? And I and I go back and forth a little bit, depending on the exact situation we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in the 24th century, they're just in general, more emotionally mature than we are. And more we respectful hope, yeah. of other people's feelings. So like whoever that guy was who sculpted the Britney statue, if she said, I'm uncomfortable with that, I don't want it out there. If he yeah. was in the 24th century, he would be like, okay, I'm going to recycle that. Well, except for like with, you know, Barclays Hollow Program, when they all come upon it. And like we had an interesting article written on our blog by Carly Wellam about virtual reality and the connections with the holodeck and specifically talking about how you know, Riker and Jordy, you know, start out being like, oh, you know, what you do on the holodex, your own business, and this isn't really a big deal. Right up until it involves them. Right. Right up until it involves them, yeah. And Troy really is not a big fan of her likeness in that uh, program. Well, Jordy and Riker aren't being brought up wearing a toga, so yeah, there's there's some differences there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, I think that... What like I I do also get the point that that the blogger was raising about that th- there is also kind of a an entitlement to women's bodies in mm-hmm. our culture that is problematic mm-hmm. even on TNG that even if this isn't in and of itself a form of assault kind of like underpins these kind of like rape culture narratives yeah mm-hmm. yeah but sorry back to your original question that is to say that. While, like, marriage doesn't equate you consenting to have sex whenever the other person wants, right. I do mm-hmm. feel like there is inherently a bit less of an issue if you've, like, talked to your partner about using their likeness for that way, particularly if you're, like, away on a mission, than there is with, like, you know, Seven of Nine sleeping with the Chakotay hologram before they start dating. If you think about it, the futuristic version of, here, my beloved, take this lock of my hair is... Here, babe, take this full body scan of me <laughs> and all of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take it to deep space to keep you warm. Okay, I have a question, too, because for me, the line is pretty clear. I think it, it is all about consent, and I don't have an issue with it if the person whose likeness it is has agreed to it and mm-hmm. is okay with it. But then... There are all, of course, let's talk about the Quark episode and Kira, Mm -hmm. because he just barreled forward with his plan, didn't even stop to think about whether or not to get consent or try to get consent. He was just like, well, I'm not going to get consent. That didn't stop him from doing it. He just was like, I'm going to do it. So there's always going to be some asshat programmer out there who's going to do exactly that and get like make a Jennifer Aniston holographic image without her consent and we've already got that we've already got people like photoshopping celebrities heads onto pornographic images right and and Mm -hmm. uh, we have deep fakes like we kind of touched on that a little bit so so that is to me that is the harder thing to figure out how to keep the cap on because 
because we don't have control over what those people do, and we can't be in their computers stopping them from making these images. So we can have all the laws and regulations we want to say, don't do that, but then people can still do that and put them out there. Like what, in terms of holodecks, you know, it, let's say that someone else started running quarks and, and wasn't going to allow people to have those types of programs. Like where you, or you had to like show your paperwork that there was like, you have the consent and the release form from yeah. all the images you know, all the image release forms from the people appearing in your program. The consent and release forms, which a lot of sex entertainment workers have and, you know, need to maintain, you know, a safe, regulated culture of what they do. And even just as actors, we always have to sign a release form Mm -hmm. when we appear in something. So, yeah, like that's where my brain is like, how do we, in holodeck terms... Mm-hmm. avoid avoid oh i know okay i just thought of an answer a potential answer to this maybe there's Ooh. some type of like digital certification that a program can get ah mm. like this this program has been approved yeah. by the real dot 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 yeah by the federation osha uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah so like once the paperwork is filed for your new program that federation osha <laughs> reviews it and gives you the digital signature to tie to the program so that Federosia. the will <laughs> the holodeck will read your program. If you don't have that digital signature, the holodeck won't even load the program. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Okay, so maybe yeah, maybe it'll work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the quirk example with the, you know, cuz he's also acknowledging he doesn't have a scan of Kira. And so he's like taking an imager around and like trying to get images of Kira just like randomly on the station, which is another level of of gross. Like he has to go to extra levels of planning for this. So he knows that it's a bad thing he's mm-hmm. doing. Oh, and yeah. he knows that it's something she mm-hmm. wouldn't be comfortable yep. with if she knew about it. Yeah, to mm-hmm. me, that this is like the one of the most egregious examples that we have of like, this is not cool. And if you've ever had someone try and take your picture without your permission, then you know that that feels incredibly violating and... You are allowed to be as angry about that as you want. And he's going to profit off it. It's not just like the guy who the this particular Jeffrey Combs character (laughs) just like saw Kira, decided to recreate this in the holodeck from his own memory and then get off to it, like, which would be gross, but like ultimately closer to the idea about just like fantasizing about someone that you're attracted to. But it's like, no, Quark is going to profit off this. Mm -hmm. And so there's this like extra middleman kind of involved. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be honest. The effort is also the diff. The effort put into making a hologram of someone is also the difference between finding out someone thinks you're hot and finding out someone has like a full body sized body pillow of you. <laughs> the effort is the part that makes it uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> this brought up another question for me just randomly while I was thinking about it is are there holodeck parental controls like when you see like Wesley Wesley and his friends skiing and stuff like that like mm-hmm. you have to assume that there's something yeah there's got to be but there's also the fact that you know like exploring sexuality is a healthy part of adolescence and learning about that for yourself is very important for health and well-being And then you get into the whole parental controls debate of, okay, but how much of that does that stymie and personal growth and allow for the stigmatization of various things? Like Mm -hmm. the mud baths that Loaxana takes Worf and Alexander and Troy to. Yeah. Are there like examples like that that, you know, might be some people might be like, oh, my kid's too young for naked adults hanging out in a mud bath while some people would just be like freedom and cultural differences oh i feel like loxana absolutely was like (laughs) like she walks into the holodeck with alexander loads the program and the program is like age check and she's like eh never mind forget it don't worry about it computer it's fine yeah (laughs) like there i'm sure she like went around whatever check there was loxana is just like Computer, please suggest a program that's appropriate for a 10-year-old child, but also has nudity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining that they have, like, the pixelated blurring on everyone in the holodeck for that very purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, okay, that's that's a compromise. 
I don't know, or you might need to be approved to be like be with your actual parent or guardian for or something like that for for them to be able to override. But I totally appreciate that point, Grace, about like also not like stigmatizing normal sexuality, especially for 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 kids that are getting older. And like one of the things we always point to in like motion picture rating is how sex is often censored more than violence. And particularly like women's pleasure. Yeah. Women's pleasure will be censored way more than men's. So yeah. men's pleasure is normalized and women's is stigmatized. Yeah. And uh and queer sex as well. So then then the other thing question I had was should there be limits on what what you're allowed to do in the holodeck in terms of violence, specifically violence towards people actual people's likenesses i mean you'd hope so right yeah yeah like the one example that trek has is the one where tuvok suggests that Suter uses the holodeck to like yeah. vent his his murder tendencies <laughs> and then he ends up killing holodeck hologram neelix i mean who wouldn't <laughs> who wouldn't and then we've got the gem hadar in deep space nine trying mm. to curb his murderous tendencies by fighting on the holodeck and then we've got mariner working out her mommy issues on the holodeck right 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 yeah you've got the ferengi shooting moogie in the magnificent ferengi whoa <laughs> i forgot about that yeah i think the holodeck in all these episodes is just too de- generous yeah <laughs> why do they program it this way where anything goes like, yeah. just don't, like, don't let people do that in the program. Like, It makes you uncomfortable the more you think, so is this like a Westworld situation yeah, where there's exactly. no policing of this? Exactly. It's like, anything goes. Speaking of places where you're like, why are there kids here? Mm-hmm. Why would you bring your kid here? You know what's going on here. Yeah. Here's the thing about the holodeck, though. The more you think about any aspect of it, the quicker the whole idea falls apart and makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) It would be fun, but also, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I generally feel like if you're going to be, you know, doing something like combat drills, the people that you're fighting don't have to look like your coworkers. And I I don't, I'm not like going to go so far as saying that like doing those, you know, acting out violent things on your on like holograms of your coworkers would, would make you behave that way in real life but it, it still doesn't seem to me like a cool thing to do and i think i would be more disturbed to like walk in on a coworker like beating a likeness of me up than sleeping with a likeness of me i mean i wouldn't feel great about either <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'd feel like I'd have the right to talk to HR about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly seems like questionable, questionable that like questionable use of of, of people you know's likenesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On our list of things to talk about, are there ever allowances to be made for different cultural norms, e.g., clinging yes. cultural violence? And I was thinking the same with like nudity, like with cultures where communal bathing is a thing, mm-hmm. like if you've like hot springs and sweat lodges and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And then we're getting to a whole situation where there'd be like having to argue censorship in the hollow deck. Right. Isn't there. Yeah. That's where I lean too. It's like, I don't want to be censoring every little thing people do in the holodeck. But I think when it comes to the consent thing, like we said, using someone else's likeness without their permission, that does need some parameters around it. And some, like, literally, like, firewalls, like, Mm -hmm. where you can't go past a certain point if that program is not intended for that. But, yeah, beyond that, I don't don't have an issue with people using the holodeck for these things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that includes violence, except, like, we just – I agree with you all about, like, violence against holograms of people you know or people who exist who haven't – consented to the use of their likeness for that that i'm like no oh imagine how creepy the deep fake randomly generated holographs would be that don't look like anyone technically (laughs) yeah they would have to like statistically i feel like they would end up looking like someone eventually that you know (laughs) and then it's like whoa (laughs) or they determine that like everyone's likeness from like more than you know 600 years ago is in the public domain and so they all just look like leonardo da vinci (laughs) ah you accidentally hooked up with henry the (laughs) eighth i mean going back to what you said earlier lisa about people 
about not having control over what people are doing with your image out there. I feel like as long as two things happen, one, people are keeping it to themselves, whatever they're doing with your image. Mm -hmm. And two, it's not (laughs) becoming destructive like it was for Barkley. Right. Yeah. I think those are the two like basic boundaries you can set around it. And other than that, it's really hard because it's very gray. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we just have to instate an intergalactic be cool guys clause. I mean, it seems like everybody is pretty cool or they're a lot cooler in general than we are in our time period. I do think that that like just partly it's it's like you said, Sarah, with the holodeck just concept being so broad and the things we see it's it's capable of doing the way we see programs designed seem very unlike the way that anything is designed today, even like even though our own programs have gotten so much immeasurably more complex, the idea that you would have a program that would just like kind of intelligently respond to everything in a way that's like pretty seamless and doesn't have blocks for, you know, for example, you go try to kiss the goddess of empathy and she's like, "Mm, no, (laughs) like, if you want to go this route with the counselor Troy hologram image, like this program has been reported to HR. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, so I mean, I think the that I'd like to envision there, there was like some more thought to this in the programming of these, particularly on Federation starships that are, you know, kind of supposed to be places of of mutual respect um, and not, you know, the quirks, hollow suites, dens of of capitalism and depravity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, and the other thing that throws like a massive wrench into the entire conversation is if you, you know, you go to the, we, we've touched on this, I think it's previous episodes, go, go to the, like the Voyager, you know, kind of extreme that that all holograms are sort of basically pre-sentient. Mm-hmm. Then are you, is this even like an ethical use of technology? And I, I mean, I don't think we can really answer that. I think that largely the way they're shown is they're not sentient at this point but they have the potential to be they have the potential to grow beyond their programming and then what if they remember that one day they were the hologram that were the (laughs) emergency holodeck four hologram oh no please state the nature of your sexy emergency (laughs) (laughs) oh god i mean i'm joking but like actually that would be terrible and i'm kind of sorry i brought it up (laughs) but oh that's horrifying but I mean, Voyager only goes that direction at the very end of things. I think largely Star Trek doesn't really lean in that direction. I was just going to say, um, maybe we could discuss Vic Fontaine yeah, for a second, who is, who is given self-awareness, but not, you know, free will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird combo there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I, I'm sure someone must have written like a philosophy paper on Vic and I, I want to read it. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, Vic, to me, reads as a, I mean, he's an employee, you know, he becomes an employee. He has a job on the ship. And he serves a purpose and he helps people and he serves people. And so yeah, it's, it becomes kind of this ethical consideration. Well, what if the crew members wanted to pursue something more with him, though? Would he have actual say in that? I mean, I think he should. He should, definitely. Because he has say in a lot of other stuff that involves his person. So I feel like, yeah, if if a program has gotten to the point where it can make decisions for itself, it can be protective of other people and itself, then it probably can say, no, I don't want to pursue that. You would hope that Vic would get to make the rules of his own hollow program. That's a, a good point. Sarah, but, like, does he really have free will? Like, as I recall, they do end up leaving his program on 24-7, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Which can't be good for the electric bill. I mean... Well, but maybe he appreciates that because he can, yeah. like, maybe they actually, like, he maybe has a normal sleep, roughly. The issue is is if there's coercion, right? Yeah. Like, if, mm-hmm. if yeah. he's he's self-aware, so he's almost basically sentient. And so, you know, if... But if people are able to like change things to to be coercive or or you know to make him do what he doesn't want to do, then that would be be a problem for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. 
But I think, like, you know, when the doctor starts to evolve beyond his programming, like, one of the first things he asks for is the ability to turn his program on and off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So I feel like that's kind of a good indication about whether, you know, you have the right to, like, regulate your own life. You know Vic's got a hologram Mamie Van Doren in there somewhere. I mean, I feel like Vic is overall a lovely fantasy that they don't yes. really think think too much about the implications of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vic is an extension of the don't think too hard about it or the whole thing <laughs> falls apart situation. Okay, can I just bring up for like two seconds on the on the the part about don't think too hard about it? What happens if you stay in one place and your friend just walks away from you in a straight line and keeps walking? <laughs> <laughs> I- There's a buddy system in the holodeck. You got to stay within five feet of each other. I assume that it's like a a like an imperceptible treadmill, and like the the walls seem like like they're moving, and you feel like you're walking forward, but you're actually just walking on the spot. Another reason why, if you're in the holodeck and you're gonna get up to something in there, you, you don't bring a friend. Then they'll know they're within four feet of you with whatever's going on in there. <laughs> also, if ships are close enough together, can they network hollow suites or holodecks? What? Yeah. Or if you're in like different holodecks on the same ship, but you want to uh, have your own space, but then Ooh. like network in with your friends. Sexual LARPing, yeah. Hmm. Or, or just regular <laughs> LARPing. <laughs> it's the hollow deck, though. <laughs> Holodeck floor. Good old holodeck floor. <laughs> Good old holodeck floor. It's cleaned 87 times a day. Yeah, it better be. On my ship it is. <laughs> so overall we got be, be clean. Yeah. Like hygiene-wise. Hygiene Dirty minds are fine. We have a safe, sane, consensual system here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Generally speaking, it would be nice if people had the ability to set some reasonable boundaries over what they're cool with their image being used to do mm-hmm. and that there's like fair, you know, whatever post-capitalist compensation looks like yeah. for people that are, are cool with working in the holodeck for entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And what else, what else have we identified? It's kind of key takeaways. VR Jesus. Mm-hmm. VR Jesus. Be discreet. Digital signatures. And there could be some really cool potential things that the holodeck could be used for if you're keeping that like safe, sane, and consensual thing in mind. Like in the in the blog article, Carly was talking about how people are exploring using VR for like practicing disclosing an STI status or practicing could use it to, for example, learn to like recognize or to uh, to seek enthusiastic consent from your partner. So like there are ways that you could do that in a way that wasn't necessarily infringing on someone's mm-hmm. privacy. Guys, what's your ultimate non-sexual holodeck fantasy? Mm-hmm. I definitely would want to visit some other planets. Yeah. Sounds like it would make travel way easier and more accessible. Mhm. Yeah, it's, yeah, visit planets and not have to even worry about being in a suit and not you know, suffocating on yeah. a planet with no atmosphere. Yeah, you could go wherever you wanted and just be wearing your sweats. That's mine. I'd want to do, I, I'd assume there would be like licensed holodeck things and you could just like be in Doctor Who. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'd want to just be in the middle of something dramatic and just be walking around through it, just being like, you believe this? <laughs> I mean, Dixon Hill, right? Yeah, except the plot is still happening and I'm just there in the background yelling stuff. So this is not like an ultimate holodeck idea because I I would need to think about that. But I was just thinking taking cooking classes in the holodeck would be awesome because you could screw up so much and not waste any food. Uh And you could hang out with Julia Child. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I want to walk through the Louvre, but be able to throw whatever I want at whatever I want. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, throwing tomatoes at artwork in the Louvre? Or, like, throwing artwork at other artwork? I just want to trash the Louvre. That seems like a fun fantasy. Just, like, take the Mona Lisa off the wall and, like, smash your head through it? <laughs> yeah. And then walk around the rest of the place with it around my shoulders going, I'm the Masterpiece! And then call up the Leonardo da Vinci hologram and be like, suck it! 
Grace, I think you're going to probably also at the end of that program, the holodeck is going to be like, we have some suggestions for you. <laughs> Anger management and <laughs> journaling your feelings. <laughs> Counselor Troy's appointment for the availability um, for this week is as follows. My brain is short circuiting because I'm imagining getting to end it with like a dance party with all of the famous statues in the Louvre. Mm. I mean, it has to end with a musical number. That's the rule. And that's about all the time we have today. Jara, where can people find more from you online? You can find me on Twitter at J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin. That's Jara Penguin. And Sarah, where can people find more from you? I am on Twitter at Sarah Miyoko, S-A-R-A-H, M as in Mary, I-Y-O-K-O. And you can find my fanzine, Star Trek Quarterly, on Facebook. And Aliza, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Aliza Pearl. That's A-L-I-Z as in zebra, A-P-E-A-R-L. And I'm Grace, and you can find me on Twitter at BonecrusherJank. And, you know, imagining the awesome rave I'm going to have with confetti made from Georges Seurat's Sunday in the Park. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And remember, if you can dream it, the holodeck can do it. To learn more about our show or to contact us, visit womenatwarp.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. You can also email us at crew at womenatwarp.com. And for more Roddenberry podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. Thanks so much for listening. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.